0: That's the nonconformist part. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again, break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D. LD.com right now, and use the promo code FERAL, and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distill.com, dot com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Hello. Welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer, and I'm sexy today. Can you feel it? Can you feel my sexiness? Damn, my sex is dripping out of me, and I'm not talking about me orifices, I'm just talking my pores, which are really tiny orifices, if you think about it. Anyone want to fuck my pores? (laughs) Come on, everybody, get out your podcast dicks and fuck me in my pores. Fuck me in my pore hole, Uh, which my pore hole could be also me mouth. Um. Uh, uh, this is Conversations with Matt Dwyer. If you uh, weren't aware of what you're listening to, the music you also hear is Les Blanks. Uh, check that shit out LesBlanks.com. They're a really good band. Right? You hearing that stuff? God damn, that's a good song. God damn, son. Uh Today's episode is very interesting. I have guest Zach Smith or Zach Sabbath. He goes by both. Uh He is a well-respected artist who's, I don't know, he's hung in the Whitney among various other fancy places of fanciness ness uh, But before we get into this very fascinating conversation with Mr. Smith, Mr. Sabbath, uh I just want to kind of address something I kind of just came out of a situation before I started recording this, where somebody referred to me as being bitter. Which, uh, about, uh, something I expressed. They're like, bitter much? And it was like, I think, uh, we have a misinterpretation of the word bitter. I think the word bitter Im- is, I was expressing a point of view about something. I was, um, uh, that, uh, irritated me that goes on societal in our age of time and wonder. And being discontent or angry with issues in society is a lot different than being bitter. Bitter is this. Um, bitter is two things. I feel entitled to certain things in life and I don't get them. Like, hey, I should have been in a rom com with Drew Barrymore back in the 90s and had the sweet life of doing coke on a yacht, but I never got it because my career didn't work out. That's bitter. Or bitter is, um, a guy who, uh, had. Everything, societally, that is. Uh, dames, he had lots of money, he had a successful career, and now he's fat, bald, and drives a cab in the outskirts of Los Angeles. And he hates life. That's bitter. Being angry with... um I don't know, say, the let's say, use an example of uh, maybe the Federal Reserve and how they have the economy and the politicians by the balls or the government by the balls and being angry about that and expressing that openly or perhaps, like I discussed last week, expressing uh, views about how perhaps um p- cops should stop killing innocent civilians. Maybe that is not bitter. That's angry. But when somebody says that you're bitter for expressing... Uh, things ab- about society that are unjust. To call me bitter is belittling and condescending. And it also says, don't have a point of view. Do not have, don't, and don't express that publicly because it's wrong and it's bitter and it's a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. Anger, to uh, quote public image limited, anger is an energy. And that energy can be a positive energy and it could be a negative energy. Um, a cop beating up a guy because he's black and Mexican, or because the cop just feels like it, that's a negative energy. That's a negative anger, in case you didn't know the difference. But um, being pissed off and going and protesting and making a statement or publicly uh, expressing it in hopes to maybe fucking provoke conversation, that's a good thing. And that is helpful to everything. So it's good. So, I'm really just irritated by that because bitter is a very belittling, condescending word and it's very different than being righteously anger, angry with the social injustices of our times. Truth is the only authority and the authorities do not have truth. I s- <laughs> That's what I say to you, my fucking listeners. Am I right? Who wants to go blow something up? Gonna get the FBI listening to my show sooner or later. That's 70s guitar, everybody. All right, let's get into this uh, conversation with Zach Smith, Zach Sabbath. Uh, He is a fascinating, super intelligent dude, man. And uh, I have to say that while conversing with Zach... Uh, I, he's, uh, He's got a good brain on him He's got a good brain He's a subversive dude He likes to stir some shit up And uh, he's a genuinely awesome super guy So fucking enjoy Conversations with Matt DeWire I'm with the freshly bathed Zach. Art-wise, you're known as Zach Smith, right? And then yeah. you're Zach Sabbath. Is there any other names we need to know about?
1: If I'm not going to say them on the radio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can say anything. I had a, a Jungian uh, analyst saying sucking eight dicks repeatedly yesterday. Because I was like, if I have dreams about sucking eight dicks, does it always mean I should go out that I really want to suck eight dicks? And then she just kept saying, like, well, I'd be a little concerned if you were sucking eight dicks for real. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Pretty great. So you can I'm say I'm already anything.
1: objecting. What's wrong with sucking eight dicks for real? Like everyone I I like in life has sucked eight dicks for real. Almost all the best people. Like how, anyway,
0: all the you, best people suck eight. Are you dicks. Supposed to introduce me before we start <laughs> talking about sucking eight dicks. <laughs> say yeah, hello first. I was intending to, but you know when you you get feverish when you start talking about sucking eight dicks. No, but you're. uh, This is the thing I wanted to point out that you. When I asked you to do this show, uh, you were like me you like, why me? And then I started looking at your credits or whatever you want to call them and um, you're insanely accomplished. Like, you've done all kinds of shit in the world more than I have. I'm a lazy asshole. Like, you, you're you an artist. I would say you're an accomplished artist, no? <laughs> Don't be humble, you fucker.
1: <laughs> I mean, there n- there are no artists who've accomplished the things I have. Not a one.
0: Not a, no, I wouldn't, no. Uh, not a one. You've been in the Whitney, no? Yeah. That's like right there, that's... I haven't even visited the Whitney, so you're way ahead of me. I haven't either. I didn't. Really? I just
1: had somebody, I was like, just put it up any old way during installation. And then they invited me to the parties, and I was like, I get a better thing going on? Really? No. I went.
0: <laughs> I wish you were that cool. I mean, you are that cool. I didn't mean it that, that way.
1: A whole story about that, actually.
0: About the being cool or the Whitney? Uh,
1: about the Whitney and about the cool factor of the party at the Whitney and it's a whole thing actually.
0: Well, let's have have at it. Um, what, what was the cool factor?
1: Uh okay, well the first thing was uh there's a photographer named Alex Soth and uh he was in the same Whitney biennial as me. And years and you know, he he gave it to me he was like, "Oh, hi, and we talked, you know, just like you would talk to anyone at a thing where everybody showed up, you know." And uh years later I saw on his blog he was like,
0: "Hey, hey Mandy, that's uh, that your girl girlfriend wife what is that
1: girlfriend <laughs> uh and her dog the little one is the dog uh so we were at so you know like i sat down next to him like you would talk to anyone in a thing you know like oh you're a photographer you did those that's great i'm a a, a draw i painter and i did those um and then years later i saw a blog like two years later you know that he'd written he was like well oh, that that guy was really nice to me he was like one of the only people who was nice to me and i was like i just said hello you know like that was just being, you know, nut. Nice. I was, you know. Being he a human like, being. But he had flown in from, like, Mississippi to New York to be in the Whitney Biennial. And he was like, and I was finally hanging with the cool kids. And my experience of that whole thing was like, oh, my God. I'm, like, I'm being treated like a douche. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just feel like the artists were like this kind of, like, yeah, there's a hundred of you. It's the Whitney Biennial, you know. And I just was just like, it was a completely different experience being a New Yorker and then being going to that, which is kind of like. What's the angle here? And his thing was like, I went to New York, and I was the Weeding Um, But then, at that party, I think it was that party, they had all these uh, – these were very popular at some point, but I had never seen them because I'm a rube. And I, they were plastic ice cubes that you froze inside, and then they flash with lights, like some kind of real raver ice cubes. <laughs> and they're like different colored lights. And uh, – the other thing that was going on is the waiters were taking people's wine, drinks, and they were, when the glasses were done, they were stacking them in a pyramid, you know, in the middle of the room, which was already and then the Whitney has a moat, like, imagine a moat with no water in it. The party was in the moat, which is connected to the bottom floor, and over that there's a drawbridge, which you walk over to get in and out of the museum. So there were kids up there, I think they had been in the, they must have been in the party, who were like throwing ice cubes at people down into the party, you know, like very subtly, like, like you just, someone would get hit and you go, what the fuck was that? They were guest look
0: up? Kid, kids of the guests or what? No, I didn't. I think that, they though.
1: were kids as in they were other artists. Oh. Artists are kids. <laughs> in the art like they are, they are chill. Like you could be 95 so, and an artist, you're a kid. Everyone else is the adults. Like that's the mental atmosphere. So there were some kids up there, probably an artist and a girlfriend or a girl, a an artist and her boyfriend or whatever. Uh, so people were just like, but they were, you know, they're at an art, they're they're at the party for being in the Whitney Biennial. So of course they're ignoring this, getting shit thrown at them, right? And So they're just looking around, like, oh, whatever. It's maybe it's raining ice cubes, I <laughs> and I. But of course they would throw it, and they would duck down underneath the the wall and the drawbridge, right? And uh, so eventually, I I was like. There they are. I saw them, and I was like, you know, fuck all of them. You know, I'm trying to network here. So <laughs> I took one of the ice cubes because I had saved them because I was, like, so amazed. I was like, ooh, blinking ice cubes. So I saved one, and I saw them pop up, and I was like, all right, I'm going to pick them. And I threw it really fucking hard, right? Totally, of course, bounces off the retaining wall, hits the <laughs> pyramid <laughs> of glasses, and just... Whole thing falls down, and of course, everybody's like, what was that? Who was that? Shit. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get out of here
0: now. But yeah. That's pretty... That's and nobody like, knew that I, that was you? Well, not until now. Yeah, I'm going to send this right to the Whitney. The yeah, Whitney' they'll
1: be like, well, your piece is worth this much, and the glasses were that much that much, <laughs> so it's a little tax math for you. What is the... Bi-
0: bi- what is it called, the Whitney Biennial? Bi- bi- the Whitney Biennial happens every two years, the Whitney Museum of
1: American Art in New York. And it's basically... The show that everyone complains, like, if you're in that show, it means you got a notch, you either notched up, if you're, uh, you know, just a regular artist showing a gallery, or you're still relevant, if you're an older artist who's already established and so it's the show everybody likes to complain that they were in or not in or whatever. Uh, and it's, it's like a just a fucking. It's, it's a the thing. Hi, yeah. It's the hip new thing show. You Did, know, it's the evi- equivalent of like a Carson spot. We don't have <laughs> Josh, Johnny Carson. Like I know you only understand comedian things because you're not that smart. Uh, and absolutely. Um, and so it's like being on the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah, you know, Conan like the, is
0: the, yeah. The, that or Letterman? That's right. all I can. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like when that happens. That's a a life changer so to speak does that like and then it's like hey i'm a guy now or no <laughs> yeah, yeah well i mean kind of i mean there's a, the,
1: that's kind of the way the art world works is hi frankie we're doing an interview uh <laughs> is like you there are these you get invited in you know to different stages and and for different people depending on their what they used to do it's like a different different for different people you know like i know a lot like when i went to grad school uh and so I know a lot of people who going from i mean you've seen the plot of this movie once in a while it's a kid who's in you know Minneapolis.